Welcome back, everyone, to the Stadium Journey podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, is the world leader in sports travel information with reviews of over 2,500 stadiums from all around the world. And we are more than just an awesome website. Connect with us on our social media channels. We can be found at Stadium Journey for this podcast. If you want to listen to this podcast while you're in your car or at work and you're goofing off or something, it's easy to find us. Pick up your phone, type in HIAC Talk Radio wherever you look for your podcasts. You'll find us. We'll pop up. If you'd like to watch the podcast, like some of you may be doing right now, go to Stadium Journey's YouTube page. And if you want to be part of our live studio audience, we record live every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. The gang's all here tonight. Let me give them all a quick introduction. Dave Cotney's with us. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is here. Follow him at Ballpark Hunter. The above average comedian and Dave's new best buddy, Dan Calachico, is here. You can follow him at DanLaw83. And I am Paul Baker. You can follow me at RI. And tonight we are happy to be joined by Stadium Journey's own Michael Davis to talk about stadium security. How you doing, everybody? Good, Michael. So um, why don't you let our listeners know what qualifies you as Stadium Journey's resident uh, security, stadium security expert? Expert? Well, I've been doing uh, security. Well, first I was in the military, so I did a lot. That that started it all. Uh, about 30, uh, what is it? 33 years now I've been uh, working security events. Uh, but it did start in the military. They grabbed us <clears throat> one afternoon and asked us if we wanted to go down and uh, do some security for some Raider games. So I volunteered, and that's what started it all. It was actually with a company called... Uh, CSC, they're still around. They sure are. Uh, they're one of the largest, if not the biggest, in the country. Uh, but then now I work for Andy Frame Services, which is what uh, they basically are the third or the outsource of the Dallas Cowboys, so AT&T Stadium. Uh, I also work Live Nation for concerts. So, yeah, I've been, I've seen a lot over the last 30 plus years. Yeah, as someone who uh, follows you on social media, I've seen pictures of you uh, on the field at AT and T for Cowboys games for different different events. Uh, what would what would be the most famous event you've ever provided security for, or is that uh, on a classified basis? No, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Super Bowls did security for. Uh, that's probably the largest and the craziest, uh, and probably one I will never do again. Uh, you know, you would think football games, when I do security, are majority of fun. Uh, The Super Bowl was work. Uh, Safe is the NFL's uh, main security company. And uh, they're also in Phoenix, uh, Jacksonville, Baltimore. There's a few other stadiums that they're around, but they're the ones who the NFL looks at and uh, brings into these different venues. And basically, he's a supervisor and consultant for everyone that comes and works the Super Bowl. And the biggest thing to take away from it was uh, we're in orientation. And the guy who's in charge of it said, uh, basically, you'll have a 20-hour workday. And somewhere, there's a football game in between there. And he was 100% correct. <laughs> I know that story because I worked <clears throat> Excuse me, I worked for the Patriots for seven years. And I worked for the Pawtucket Red Sox for a dozen years. 
And people are always, always coming up to me and said, oh, you must love the job. You get to watch all the games. Uh, and I said, I probably see five plays a season with the Patriots. I, I see a little bit more with the Cowboys, but yeah, the Super Bowl was just a, a beast by itself. Uh, Security-wise, it's I've been in the military. I've got on military bases easier than you could get into the Super Bowl. So, and it's might be laughing, but I think it's a hundred percent true. <laughs> no, I, I'm laughing because I remember one game at McCoy Stadium. We had the governor's convention that was in town, and one of their activities for all the governors was a Paw Sox game. And so we had to go through this ridiculous security pit, pit stop. And this was before the days of big time security. Mm-hmm. And we had to go through two checkpoints to go in. And there were snipers up on the roof of McCoy Stadium and everything. And you know how many governors showed up to the game? None. One. Okay. <laughs> so let's oh. let's be specific. So how how is that Super Bowl different? security-wise than a regular Cowboys game? What 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 are they doing differently? Well, uh, first of all, everyone get a background check to even uh, be able to, to work down the field. We don't really uh, – they're, they're not as strict <coughs> for a regular uh, third-party company, but for the Super Bowl, we had to go re- basically just fill out paperwork, get a background check. Uh, our credentials changed. Uh, each day you, you, on your credential would tell you where you're allowed to be and what part of the venue because it's uh, not just the Super Bowl game itself, but we were allowed to work like the NFL experience over in uh, the convention center. So that, that was all part of the package. But uh, basically you got, you know, it was just so much more like, in cowboy games, I know people, uh, and we basically we, we there's places we can get even though we don't need to be there. The Super Bowl, you won't. If you're not if you're not supposed to be in access that area, you won't get there. And uh, people probably have this image of what a security guard does. It just you know you get, just got to be big and tough and and look strong there. But depending on where you are in the stadium, your job could look radically different. Correct. Correct. Uh, you know, the, even even though uh, the biggest thing the security does that people don't realize is we're actually there more for safety than uh, anything else. Uh, you know, we keep eyes on uh, such as at the Cowboy Games. We've had a couple of people fall from the railing, uh, you know, so basically and people every game you were, were telling people to stay off the rails, you know, don't lean on the rails, don't lean over. So. Besides just, you know, checking credentials or, or escorting people or, you know, it's a lot of our job safety. What stadium was it where the ra- people fell on the rail- whole railing collapsed? Was that in Washington? Yeah, I think that's where yeah. Washington Yeah. Yeah, I know even at a small place uh, like a, a minor league hockey game, the, the usher, well, mostly there you get ushers who don't do a damn thing. But the ushers who are doing their job are all constantly telling people, you know, Get off the they stairs, fe- get off the stairs. they fell onto Jalen Hurts. I know right. that because that's <laughs> what, that was the, after the Eagles game. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff, Mister Schneider. <laughs> so, what about um, what about volume? I I would assume that the difference in 
attendance at the Super Bowl at AT&T is not going to be hugely different than the attendance at, at a Cowboys game just because the Cowboys are going to sell out, you know, anyway. Right. So what's the difference in volume of the of the people working the game there security? Let's say it probably the actual count for workers double so because you're actually covering more spaces it's not so much on the uh, the people coming in as it is just certain areas need to be blocked off for for whatever reason you know different rooms different suites uh yeah there's a lot more a lot, a lot more people are involved in the security of a super bowl than a normal football game and of course, you're going to have a ton of, you know, celebrities that are showing up at a Super Bowl. Are they all coming with like their own little security entourage and all that jazz? Or some do, yes. Not all, but yeah, a lot of people. There's, there's a lot of people that have their own security unit or security person. Oh, I always and, travel with my own security. Yeah. <laughs> and does that make it, you know, more difficult having like? you know, individual security in and around. Actually, it kind of helps because you kind of, if you, if you get a talk with them, they kind of tell you what, what they're expecting and you're basically just a guide. So actually, I, I, I'm fine with that. Okay. There you go, Paul. Bring your, bring your own security to the, uh, to the Cowboys game. You're sure to make more friends. There you go. <laughs> Maybe I can fake my way right down on the field or something. You just get, Pam, one of those jackets that says security on the back. It happens. <laughs> yep. That's like everybody walking around with shirts that say staff on them or security. But you're not either <laughs> one of those things. Well, the, I mean, it's not really a big secret, but if you noticed uh, this season, uh, any security on the field had yellow armbands. And basically the NFL wants to know and keep track of how many people are actually on the field during the game. So, uh, like, I could be on the field before kickoff without that yellow band, but once they yellow, once it's kicked off, I'm, I'm asked to leave unless I have one. Because that, that way they know how many people are on. But they just started this that this past season. Probably had some problems with interlopers. I could have. <laughs> There's my word of the show, interlopers. Interlopers. <laughs> okay, so let's go there. You've been you know, doing this uh, cowboy games, I'm assuming, for the most part, on the field for Correct. 30 years? Correct. Yep. So how's that, how's that changed? I, well, let's, let's even simplify it. Let's, like, let's leave Texas Stadium out of this for now. Okay. Let's just go AT&T. How has that changed in the, in the life of AT&T Stadium? <laughs> Uh, for the most part, I I don't. I'm going to take that back. I think they're getting a little more harder on us, taking it as far as uh, a more of a career serious. Uh, where before it was kind of more like we were just bodies told to hey do this. Now I think there's a lot more training involved. Uh, there's a lot more, uh, yeah, it's a little bit more work, I, I guess, than the originally 
Hearts when I originally started it, and and for a good reason, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's definitely become more serious. So what what kind of training is going to be involved then? I I know a guy. His name's Mike. He's going to get me a job. Security at the Cowboys. Well, that's how that's how it starts. <laughs> what kind of what kind of secure what kind of training I'm, am I getting? I'm guessing your your training looks a whole lot similar to the training I have to go through where I work in uh, you know nonviolent crisis intervention. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, you know it's, uh, how how to talk to people, communications, uh, how to uh, resolve or, or deal with uh, unroute rudely uh fans um just and then you know the, the, the special thing about what what to say to them and how not what not to say to them i mean you don't we're told not to even though if we feel i mean most people say they're drunk you know we cannot actually say that to them that you're drunk we cannot make that that uh observation for many reasons and they've gone through that in the class that we don't know why they've been acting, even though to the regular person, they would say they're drunk. But legally, we're not allowed to say that in the public or in our write-up even. Right. Because that's because you can't back that with an observation unless you have a breathalyzer test. Right. You're, so, just, you're, then, you're just assuming. Right. right and then that, that opens up lawsuits against you and the company. So Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. You can't even say that. You just... You can't you write allegedly, down, you write, allegedly. You write down what you can observe. So a person was unsteady gait, slurring his words, uh, you know, arguing with with other fellow fans, stuff like that. You have, you have surrounded to, by eight thousand empty, empty beer, beer cups. cans. Well, you know that is a fact <laughs> that you can observe and measure. Yes, yeah, so that is but okay. Still, you can still <laughs> not say he's drunk. <laughs> exactly. So how did it change then with the move? When you're when you're going from Texas Stadium to AT and T Stadium, uh, I like Texas Stadium. Texas Stadium was more fun, I thought. But uh, well, first of all, it was easier access at Texas Stadium. Uh, you had the stairs that went straight down to the field. Uh, this AT and T, you have clubs now, and, and the beginning of the seating, the seating ends basically. But six six feet above the field, other than the suites, so you really don't have an easy access to the field, other than the suite uh, people themselves. So to me, I think it's it's a lot easier being on the field for security for AT and T than it was Texas Stadium. Does some of that have to do with like the way that the stadium is designed? Uh, I know one of the things that I complained about when I was there is that basically between the 30 yard lines, it's, and maybe this is like this everywhere, but you know, in between the 30 yard lines at 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 AT&T stadium, you're getting, those are all club seats. Like Joe average has no opportunity to even get to that section. Uh, You know, if I want to go from one end of the stadium, to the other end of the stadium, I'm going to go up to the four hundreds all the way across and then down again. Correct. Yep, and that's that's one part of it. Uh, but he, yeah, they're, they're, the access is there, especially during. I mean, football games like like you just said, Cowboys and uh, the Cotton Bowl. They keep those uh, middle, you know, from the between the thirties 
you don't have a ticket for that area, you're probably not going to be in there. So, uh, yeah, I think that the restriction of, of how they set up the stadium compared to the other one was just seating. There was no, the clubs were trying to remember, don't remember suites there other than the, the club at the end, the end zone at Texas Stadium that was enclosed. So, so yes, I, I think the, the change of the stadium makes it a, a definitely a harder for the average fan to get down lower. Now, would your um, compatriots who are working security, like up in the rafters where us poor folk are going <laughs> to hang out, uh, would would they? Would they disagree about how easy it is or like, is is that going to be a more challenging job than being on the field or? Uh, I, th I think so. Cause you're dealing with the public directly. Dealing with those drunks that you can't call drunk. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, the field that you kind of, as we call it down there, it's, it's a privilege to be down on the field. Uh, there's a lot of things do happen. Uh, it's getting more and more uh, strict down there and, and more and more uh, awareness as uh, things has happened. But uh, we're not dealing with the, the common fan up there where the other uh, security people that are, we have our, uh, you know, quick response teams. I mean, that's something that I want to do. You're always dealing with people that are fighting or have uh, decisions uh arguments you know they're running around the stadium up there and now i'd rather stay down on the field and enjoy it <laughs> now does that cause a little bit of animosity between your your group like oh you lazy field guys you got it easy down there uh i, I don't think that i mean some people actually enjoy they don't want to i have a friend who's uh he started on the field uh, what he does now is he he goes upstairs for the for the games, and then after the game's over, he comes down for the the hour extra that we have to stay on the field after the game, and then he comes down and does that because he'd rather have some action. He enjoys it up there. So it, it all depends on what you're, uh, you know, what you want to do and what what you like. Personally, uh, if I'm not on the field, I, I I'll do some. I'll open the seat watching the game. I don't want to play with that. <laughs> Anything else. You know, I, I've worked gates. They sent me out to gates, so I've done the, the gate side. And no, it's, I had this job. This job's supposed to be my fun job. You know, I mean, the money's nice, but uh, no, I, I can live without it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I've got a question from our audience here. Gregory is, Gregory Koch is asking, have you ever done security at an event where a U.S. president or other very important politician with very important security protection was attending? And if so, what was it like? Have George W. Bush come to a lot of our events. So, uh, yes, to answer that. Uh, it's real quiet, low-key. Most of, most of the people don't even know, even the security people, until the last minute, like when he walks out onto the field, that he's there. So uh, it's basically a need to know. He has his own, uh, you know, Secret Service is always with him. Uh, you know, once in a while, we'll, I mean, I, I could, I'm, I'm going to assume opening day Ranger game that he'll be there. I mean, as, so as a security person, 
I would already prepare that in my mind. Today's pretty much there. Uh, other people, we're probably not going to know about it until, like I said, only the higher-ups will know about it, and they don't tell us. So, Yeah, it's funny. Uh, actually, in the way back, way back machine, my very first ever stadium journey review was uh, at the at the odd Kitchener Rangers, and it just so happened the Prime Minister was there at that game. Now, we're not talking about being in a stadium of 80,000 or anything like that. We're talking about being in an arena of about 5,000. 6,000, mm-hmm. something like that. And it was, I mean, the security was like, it was a little longer getting in, not terrible, terrible. Uh, but I would say it was really surprising how innocuous it was. Mm-hmm. Like you could, I could, I could see where he was sitting from my seat. And if I really picked it out, I'm like, okay, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. Those are, I bet you those guys are like his detail, but it was not disruptive at all. Like if you didn't know, no, you, you wouldn't have known it. Like it was, it was news. It was in the paper. Right. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a little surprising. Yeah. And that's pretty much how I've gone through it. There's nothing, I haven't been to an event that where all of a sudden someone like that of that status has caused any issues it's usually just normal everyday operations speaking of everyday operations i'm i was trying to put myself in the pick in the seat of an average fan hey that is me i am an average fan (laughs) where most of us will come into contact with uh with security personnel are basically entering the, the facility and then in your seats should uh, somebody be rambunctious. So I want to talk about the changes that have happened entering facilities, especially the bigger ones like NFL games, Major League Baseball and stuff. You may not like what I have to say, Michael, attacking it from the working side of it. Okay. So my experience with entering facilities is they're not looking for weapons on me. They're looking for me to bring, be bringing in snacks. Okay. I you see that's why I'm not on gate anymore. But I'd let you bring in the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more worried about the the other things. But uh, I, I've always had the feeling that I could sneak a knife into a stadium a whole lot easier than I could sneak a beer in. Well, I I would say that might be challenging. Well, with uh, metal detectors might, might have changed the equation. But my my father in law on two separate occasions he always carries this little you know tiny little Swiss army knife, two separate occasions. He's gone into a game and he's had to chuck it because <laughs> they got it on him. You can't bring that in here. It was funny. Like with, with having a, you know, a family and bringing kids to games, I taught them at a very early age, how to sneak their own snacks in because, you know, season tickets going to 40 Bruins games a year, the the snacks and drinks for kids, it would exceed the, the total of the tickets so i taught them very early age how to sneak a, a you know four pack of reese's, Pe- reese's peanut butter cups up their sleeve and uh you know a soda or a bottle of water or something in their coat pocket and it's funny my, my little four-year-old daughter walking in right through security every time <laughs> so the rapper doesn't send it off huh <laughs> no well that, this was you know this was before the days of Uh-oh. metal detectors but yeah now now um i still go well it's different at the dunk because I've been going there for 30 years. So I know every single security guard there. And even if I was to set all the sirens off, I think they would just let me walk right through anyway. So, but um, my, my bigger point 
was that or I'm going to take uh, Gillette Stadium as an example. With all the new security me- measures, I feel less safe on my way into the stadium than I ever have before. Because what I, I think has happened with the, the metal detectors mm-hmm. and the, uh, you know, the, the posts and stuff, so you can't have a car come and ram in the whole uh, thing. It, it's made a bottleneck at the entrances of stadiums where... And I, I really don't want to say this because then I might be labeled a terrorist or something. I think you could go in and you could kill like a couple thousand people at once if you were in the right spot before a football game. I just think all it's done, you're safer once you get in the stadium. But I think it's just pushed the perimeter farther away from the stadium. I don't think it's really necessarily made it safer. I just think it's moved the perimeter. And that's just my opinion. Tell me how I'm wrong. Uh, well, you're, you're going with Gillette, so I haven't been up there. Uh, but the security people should be trying to push out so it's not bottlenecking that way. Um, I've had this similar experience at every everyone? large venue. Every large venue I've ever been to. Hmm. Yeah, that, I, I could see your point. Uh, they do have security people out there trying to you know, direct people to. So I think you have at least some someone out there to see anything suspicious. But uh you know, outside the gate, like you said, I mean, you could say the parking lot, someone can do stuff. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. so. Hey, look at the, look at the Dodgers, uh, Dodgers Giants. A few oh, years yeah, the ago, guy who right? got killed in the parking lot. There was lot. a guy that was killed in the parking lot. Well, think about, um, what, didn't they try to bomb a game, a soccer game in France? And that's what they did. They kind of, they only made it so close to the stadium. And that's what really protected the people inside. But it detonated, a, some so suicide bomber detonated himself. Like right outside the security checkpoint or something. And that's go, go back to the Super Bowl security. It is put, the perimeter is pushed out that far. So by the time you get through uh, your first uh, perimeter, you know, it's kind of another walkway before you're going through another one. So it, like you said, if that would happen at a Super Bowl, it'd be far enough away from the main and it'd probably be less damaging to, you know, the, the stadium or even numbers of people. Now. Yeah. <coughs> okay. So that's, that's what I, want. I, I, I promised I would bring this up. I, I'm sure I'm going to speak for Pam as well. As a security expert, please explain to me the imminent danger of a purse. Why? Why is it bag, that the purse bag. has Me- been banned? Meg will also be on board with this question, Dave. This is a pet peeve of of our of our, what's what's Meg's official title? I don't know whatever Meg's title is. She's one of the big shots here at Stadium Journey, but she this is one of her pet peeves as well. And yeah, Dave, I'm on board with you because I don't know how many times I've seen a woman. And you know what? It's also a clear bag policy. It's very can be very degrading or embarrassing to a lot of female fans. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to have your your hygiene products in there, and there they are for the whole world to see. Some people don't care. Some people care very much. Agreed. And, you know, the, the clear bag was, is just to help security, supposedly to help security to move people faster and to avoid people digging in the purses. Uh, and then I also, and then once the Cowboys started selling it in the pro shop, I'm like, it's about money. So, <laughs> I mean, you can take like that. trying to take my snack away from me. It's money. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's when I worked gates, that's the biggest gripe I've heard. Uh, you know, purses being they had the little 
measurements and the purse is like a half an inch over their thing and they want to send them back. Oh, what was the last event? I went to an Elton John concert at Gillette Stadium last summer. And one and if you're familiar with the setup of Gillette, sometimes you're walking a mile and a half to get to the stadium from your parked car. One, and I don't know how many women I saw get turned around, even though they had big signs telling you what you could and couldn't. But just like you're saying, like someone's purse is, or their bag is just a couple inches big, too big to fit in a little square. Go bring it back to your car. Yeah. And, and again, that's why I'm not on gates because I, I probably let them go through. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and we're going past and this and this I, I understand what you're saying about they're selling the pro shop. It's about money. But I think we're going to even go past that now because there are a lot of places that have abandoned the clear bag policy and they're going with the no bag policy. And, and yep. no, no clear bags, no, no bags at all. Hmm. Now, I, I don't know what happens when the day comes when, when they're checking your pocket for plastic bags that you folded up in there. Right. <laughs> but, you um, know, they're, they're also cashless too. So they're almost at a point where. Yeah. Yeah, you know, on your phone, basically, bring in your phone, and that's your your uh, paying what you're paying for at the food. You know, remember the, when we couldn't bring cameras into venues, mm-hmm. like in the concerts? You, if you had a camera, they would confiscate it. Now everybody's got a camera, and they don't even watch the show. Everybody's taking a picture. Or yeah, videoing it that they're there. Yeah. Another right. thing that I see people stop for at at gates, which it makes no sense to me, is like inhalers. My wife got a rash in uh, trouble one time for bringing her inhaler into a game. Uh, I did Gates at uh, what's uh, Q2, Austin, the soccer venue. Yep. Uh, there's no uh, tobacco allowed. If you have a vape and, and they see it come through, they ask you to take it back and won't let you enter the stadium. It's not even about smoking. They don't want it in there at all. Well, and and it maybe this can anyone can answer this one. At what point is this becoming counterproductive? So we've we're we're now targeting maybe not targeting women and, and definitely not we. Um, the security's targeting women. You can't bring your purse in. You you can't bring this in. You can't bring that in. Uh, we are these these places are you know you have to have the tickets on your phone so right away that is making you know older people uh less welcome to the to the game because they don't they're not used to that technology they don't use that technology at what point does it does all of this security become counterproductive where it's like you know what it's not worth it i'm staying home well, that's kind of how I felt last year. I went to the uh, Sugarland Space Cowboys game. We thought there was a box office there. There was a group of us. We all had to buy our tickets at once, which meant we had to pay people back, which, you know, it's not terrible to do if you have cash or Venmo. Uh, but I was just imagining my uncle Bob, who who recently passed away, uh, if he was at that game, he would have just said, screw it, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm not getting out. I don't even think he had a smartphone. Uh, to, to do all that. And we're just at a minor league baseball game, which uh, I, I don't know if that's because of COVID or if that's just technology and five, 10 years, that's going to be the thing. But it's sad when you came and paid by credit card at a box office, 
to, to get a ticket in. And uh, that's not even a big attend. That's, you know, that's just a minor league baseball game. We're not talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's a little crazy. But then again, I'm you're talking to a guy who snuck into a New Jersey Devils game a few years ago. I found a little loophole uh, beyond the the lobby. And me and a couple guys just snuck in there, acted like we owned the place. So, you know, unfortunately, they, they have to have security catch idiots like me. Trying to say, you're 30 employees. That's the easiest one. Yeah. Or, you know, or, you know, there are some places where minor league ballparks, the way they're designed, you open a certain door and you walk in there and you have a 19, 20 year old, you know, intern looking at you and you're carrying a bag or, you know, you look like you're supposed to be there and they're not going to say anything to you. You know, uh, uh, when I was 16, 17 years old, and I don't know how. I know Paul has been there, but uh, the Binghamton uh, Memorial Arena. Yep, I've snuck in for many of those games there because of those doors that are down. Yeah, that those stairways that go down out to, that lead you out of the arena. I had a buddy that would open it and I would pop right in. Yeah, yeah. So, or at the yeah the old Lakewood Blue Claw State. Well, the the current Lakewood Blue Claw Stadium, the smoking area. If you parked at the Quick Check, which is a convenience store in New Jersey slash gas station. A bunk Wawa. Uh, you just park there and you walk. You walk across the street up this little hill, and there's the smoking section. So as long as you had a pack of smokes or cigarette, <laughs> you just filtered back in. So yeah, there was ways we figured out how to get in there. Tickets cheaper they, than a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I'm trying to think how much a pack of cigarettes were back in 2001, yeah. 2002. But yeah, you're right. Might as well buy the damn ticket. But I got another way to sneak in the Lakewood. So. <laughs> Trust me, I don't have to buy a pack. <laughs> and what is what do you think is the the push? Like where is this coming from? Uh I we can go back to to 93, April 93 was of course when Monica Sellis was playing a tennis tournament and some crazy guy jumped on the on the floor and actually stabbed her. Oh, the second malice of the palace. 911. But you know, in the last twenty years, and 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 I feel like we've watched security increase drastically. I remember Andrew and and Peter when they were doing their ultimate sports road trip thing, they marked the Detroit Red Wings at the bottom because you had to go through metal detectors, and they didn't think that was welcoming for their fans, and it oh, was God. you know, it just had a wrong feel for the for the arena and for the city, but. Now, my gosh, you go through metal detectors everywhere. We are uh, at the Brockton Rocks, a summer collegiate baseball league team that probably draws 200 fans a game. Go through metal detectors. They're everywhere now, like you're saying. You never know. But what has happened that that this push is coming? Like how – is there – Are there incidents that are happening that we're not seeing? That we're not being think- told about? I would think so. Yeah, just precaution lawsuits. You know, somebody yeah. sues, especially one of these minor league teams that barely is getting by, and that, that can just destroy a team. But, you know, I, I don't know if that's the push. It could be something else. But you're right, you know, there's some ballparks you don't go through security, but you definitely go through somebody panning you down and checking you out, and it, it leads to a little bit longer lines, a little more congestion. Uh, 
but you understand it, you accept it, and it's part of life, you know. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I know some stories of where people have been where they weren't supposed to. Uh, some some make YouTube, some don't. I mean, we've had a person when I was down on. Let's see, what was it? It was not the. It was a college game, and I want to think it was. All right, have a good one. Uh, anyways, it was one of the college football games, and one of the, the the media, the media down there gets best to get on the field for cameras and stuff. And uh, this person just somehow got down there, put on a vest, went went on the field with a camera, and basically was acting like the media. And it actually was yeah. one of the media people that told me they're like they're not with the media. That's a fake credential. That's like those guys who sneak into team pictures in, in Europe. They sneak on the pitches. Or how about Morgana the Kissing Bandit? You know, she's a danger to society. So so I think <laughs> that, you know, stuff like that's happening where the public doesn't see it, but it does affect the security of that or, uh, arena or, you know, if it gets higher up, obviously, the ends, the cotton. I, th- I think it was a cotton bowl. Uh, since it's college, the cotton bowl committee people are ones who oversee the game. So I'm sure it went up to them. and. So yeah, I think it's a lot more out there than the public knows. All right, so that's that's it. That's it. Um, it leads me to a great question. At least I think it's a great question. So um, we were talking about what the uh, the fans will see from security. What's your biggest job that a fan wouldn't even know as part of being a member of the security team at a, at an event? Mm. Probably, probably. Phew. Just just keeping keeping an eye out on the you know the, like the credentials on the it all depends on where you're at but as far as the field side uh, you know making sure that the right credentials we you know we've caught people you know it's the game game three of, of the NFL you know game three home game and they're wearing a pass that shows home game number one <laughs> yeah you, you know it's just just seeing. Seeing people will do that, you know, or they say, or they get a post game pass that was for another game, and they just say, "Hey, I have this. Let's see how far I can get yep. with it." Hey, yeah, for us for Stadium Journey, when we get credentialed to cover events, our credential will tell you where you're allowed to go. Like you, this gives you access to the field and the press box, or just the press box. So yeah, I can absolutely see where someone might try to get somewhere they're not supposed to be. Yeah, and the credentials are um, <clears throat> they're different colors, have different numbers. You know, so if you showed up wearing, you know, like you said, a press pass that said uh, for one game, you know, you could just tell by the color or the letter on it. I've had passes where there's a giant G on it or a giant 10 for the number game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, a pretty a pretty good eye would notice that. Of course, I did get to an Indy 11 game with a, a 2021 pass for a 2022 game. So okay. it, it has happened. Yeah. But then, you know, they, the, the thing with the colors, especially the Cowboys, uh, you pretty much learn them. You're, you know, we have blue for basically season, yellows for for uh, local press or for press that are allowed on the field, and then the red that Stadium Journey gets, which is basically you stay up in the press box. If you're so, lucky uh, enough to get to the press box. What's that? If you're even lucky enough to get to the press box. Very, very true, very true. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so we'll see a lot of the red come down and – they're allowed 
on the field, like after everyone's cleared it and they're allowed down and, uh, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll try to come down and they'll push the limits. Uh, yellows will too. They're, they're, they'll come. So each, even though these people are issued the crow's credentials, they'll just try to come down there and see what they can get away with. Mm-hmm. And that's something the average fan would never even know about. But you're, yeah. keeping the, you're keeping the order down on the field. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Because sometimes it says no field access, you know, concourse access. You have to look at those those press those press passes, especially in the NFL, Major League Baseball, the big four. There's a lot more going on on that pass. Sometimes you get a pass for a smaller league and it just says, you know, media pass. It may even say for the whole year. Right, right. Uh, but you know, I love when the, I get a whole season pass. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that happens. It's like, oh, I can come back. Okay. Yeah. You know what's funny yeah. is when I when we get credentials at Fenway Park, it's the opposite. I'm not allowed in the press box, but I'm allowed access to everywhere in the stadium. Yeah. It's wow. like a it's a reverse one. So, that happened. That happened to me one time. With yeah, the so I can go up on the Green Monster and get some pictures from there and go all all the different areas in the stadium. Which we usually is, get those in junior hockey, except it's not. It's just because the press box is like three, three seats. Yeah. <laughs> There's no room. Oh, in, in Windsor? Yeah, they, they yelled at me one time about the size of the press box. I don't know if that's still the case. I think the the one interesting was when I got credentialed at uh, Texas this year. They gave, they they awarded us, you know, the, the credential, but said, I have no seat for you. So, and it was obviously a sold out game. So, uh, you know, you just have to find your spot. So I basically, I kept walking the the, the sideline there in the front row behind the the, the uh, TV benches, the media benches, act, looking like I was going somewhere. Turn around, come back, and watch. <laughs> so, uh, and then I did actually find a seat. But uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting to get that they give you a credential, but then basically say we don't have anything else for you. You got to figure out, figure it yeah. out. Yeah, space can be at a premium. I, I, I'll say that when they first, if they first turn us down for a credential, I'll say, well, look, for my purposes, I don't need to be up in the press box. If you just yeah. give me access to the stadium, it would be good. And then I'll go find a seat. Um, what I wanted to ask you now, Mike, um, you don't do just sports games. You've done different kind of events. Um, security at a stadium for, say, a rock concert. How mm-hmm. would that differ, differ from a football game? Uh, well, we're, we're gonna. I have one Saturday actually. <laughs> Luke Combs is uh, at AT and T. It it varies because uh, you're allowed to have people down on the field. <laughs> right. You know, there's seating down on the, the floor seating. So then you had the barricader, the barricades. Uh, I'm fortunate enough that I'm usually around the stage, so I'm basically. Uh, just watching people to see if they rush the stage or we clear aisles uh, for the ones that are around there. And that's, that's the hardest uh, trying, trying to be polite to people who continually want to be dancing in aisles or don't listen or uh, the other stuff's easy. I mean, I have, I've had got one person last year. uh, It was a, a big, I forgot what the name but anyways it, it was it was a very it was a uh, hispanic uh i wish i knew their what the band name was anyways the female jumped the barricade was running up to the stage and i ended up tapping on her and she wasn't a, a tiny girl she she was definitely uh 
And uh, so I got her down. The other guys helped me. And her husband said, that's my wife, and jumped the barricade. And we had to tackle him down. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, it's yeah, it's normally concerts I enjoy because it's – but there's a few times it gets like that. That's my wife who's trying to go and attack Menudo. Yeah, exactly. Are they still around? <laughs> I don't know if they are. I think officially they're done. They had so many different members because of the puberty rules. So <laughs> <laughs> my wife was a fan of Menudo for a little while. She so like Ricky Ray, I think. Let's look at the in the crystal ball. Uh, how do you think? How do you think security is going to change over the next five to 10 years? What are we going to see coming in that we don't already see? Full body cavity search to get into the Cowboys preseason game. Would you see a scanner like in the airport or anything like that? I don't don't think think so. I mean, there's, we've already had scanners at the stadium where you don't even have to take anything out of your pockets. You just walk through and, and I'll tell you what you need to know. That, they had those. I'm assuming they they either had those in Philadelphia, at the Wells Fargo Center, or they just didn't care because you you just walked in, you didn't have to take anything out. Right. And so I'm I'm thinking that that's the way to go. More advanced ways where it won't be a a nuisance or a pain or time for for the fan because, like we said earlier, it's going to get to a point where the fans just say, you know. Some people don't even fly because they don't want to go through TSA. Uh, so right. let alone do it for a ball game. Yeah, if that can make the process smoother and less intrusive, I'm all for it. <laughs> well, and you mix that with the with the cost, right? Right. With the cost rising, so now you're going to get uh, a larger congregation of people with more money mm-hmm. who probably feel entitled, and therefore, wait a second. I don't have to be scanned or I don't have to be wanded or whatever. Yeah, I know those entitled people. <laughs> there are a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I think we've had a very intelligent analysis of, of security. So let's uh, let's smut it up a bit. So what's the weirdest – what are like the weirdest things that you've you've seen or – I mean, other than tackling a, a manudo lady. Well, I, I, weird as I'm going to say, probably my very first memory, probably until to this day, my favorite concert that I ever worked. Uh, it was a uh, Billy Joel. It was three nights in the L.A. Sports Arena. Uh, so I got to work his dressing room area, and. Uh, so I, I, they post me there, and I'm just standing there, and all of a sudden, this this guy comes down in a robe and uh, shower shoes, and says, "There's no hot water in this place." And it was Billy Joel. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, he he came up and he said, introduced him himself, and uh, you know, I'm, at that time he was still married to Christy Brinkley, and uh, her, did her you daughter, see her? Still a young one. Yep, saw her. Oh, that's even better. Yep, still one of the prettiest women, you know, yeah. out there. So pretty uh, that it hurt to look at her. Yes, <laughs> but also at the what was really nice was after the end of the third night, uh, 
Billy Joel ended up coming down to all of us that were down there and handing us a concert T-shirt. Wow. Yeah, they, he's a super, they, nice, super nice guy. Yeah, he goes, thank you for being here. I appreciate you and gave us a concert shirt. So that's, I mean, 30 years of doing this, that's still my favorite memory. It was one of my first ones. He spent the next 30 years trying to get something as good and <laughs> trying to get something. <laughs> but I, I have a lot of good memories of the security. I met a lot of great people. Uh, but, you know, I, I can throw out there uh, from the Cowboys game. I've seen Charles Haley out on the streets and he knows he knows who I am. He comes up and says hi to me and stuff. So. Kind of cool stuff. Like oh yeah, that. You, yeah. You get you get relationships with people that you work with, and it could be the players that that see you every single day, or it could be uh, the fans in a certain section. I know, like I've had season tickets for years and years in Providence, and the security guards are are friends now. Yeah, and and I that's what I tell people. You know that the because I'm I was I'm thinking and haven't made it official if that this is going to be my last year or if last year was my last year. Uh, but that that's right there is what I would miss if I, if I don't go back is is uh you know seeing those people it's like seeing a family every year during the football season you know and and I've seen kids grow up from you know their when their parents were were there young watching them have the kids and now they're they're having kids so yeah it's it's definitely relationships when when you work that long in that type of a position. Now, have you ever had to see somebody who you had to, uh, I don't know, you had an uncomfortable moment with? Have you ever had to see them come back? Hey, listen, well, buddy, I remember you from last time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the, the funny thing, it, it wasn't, to answer that, yes, it was uh, actually. It was Billy Joel. He was talking about George W. earlier. <laughs> it wasn't George W. or Billy Joel. Uh, it was actually a concert. Uh, we we ejected this person and his girlfriend. Uh, I'm trying to think who it was, though. It was a country concert. But uh, anyways, the following week, I was working security at the uh, Colonial. And her and her boyfriend was coming through the gates. And they saw me and they went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was that was more uncomfortable for them than me. But, <laughs> but they remembered it. But uh, yeah. That was kind of the weird, weird one. Man, this is like way tamer than I expected. I thought you were going to have like some crazy stuff. And we ended up with a Billy Joel t-shirt. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, there's other. <laughs> I mean, I, I've had a. Uh, here we'll go with another weird one. Uh, so this was, during my first years, I was actually working a. LA Rams game. I was actually out in the parking lot area to start. Uh, this uh, actress, since uh, she kind of came up in her uh, her Porsche and she wanted to go a certain way and I wouldn't let her. And she goes, do you know who I am? I said, yes, I do. I said, you're still not coming in though. So uh, she, she got she got frustrated. And anyways, went over your foot. What's that? Run over your foot. Yeah. <laughs> so I get pulled into work the, the sideline at the games, and then they're like, hey, we need you to go into the uh, cover the locker room area. Well, this actress was there with her husband at the locker room area, and she saw me and, and kind of 
she she she, she kind of just looked embarrassed that she acted that way. So, <laughs> like, didn't you answer the question wrong? Like, when they say, "Do you know how who I am?" Aren't you supposed to say no? <laughs> uh, I, I know her husband too because he's a he's a he's a uh, basketball player, NBA basketball player. So, uh, have you ever had to chase down like a streaker or somebody who like <laughs> Jack, gets a run somebody? on the field? Yeah. No, uh, uh, let's see. With, with with that one, I don't even remember how long we we have had someone reach the field that uh. For you guys that have been at an AT&T, he actually jumped over the suites from the first row in the seating area bowl, lower bowl, landed on his uh, you know feet without twisting an ankle, ran across the end zone as after the Cowboys scored, then then ran down. It was against the Giants, and uh, ran down to the middle of the field before the Giants security met him. At, at at a midfield before they handed him off to me and I had to take him to our uh, in stadium jail. How drunk was he? What's that? How drunk was he? He wasn't. He actually did had it planned. Uh, put it out on YouTube. It, uh, yeah, he, he. I guess he's he's also does stuff like put some stuff into suitcases through airports, and so it was one of those <laughs> tries to do this professionally or or for notoriety or. It wasn't just your average fan that was doing it. You know what I you know what I think is funny about those guys is is like they think the big thrill is getting on and and you know everybody's cheering and whatnot. And I feel that really they're not cheering for him. They're cheering for the security to just clothesline the guy. Make the big hit. Yes, <laughs> like absolutely. I love those ones where the guy's running and whatnot and he ends up by the player and the player just poof. Right. And he's flat out. Or there's a great one. It was years ago. It was in Philly, and uh, I, I want to say it was at a Phillies game, and the the security guys were <coughs> well. They didn't look very fast. Let's let's put it that way. So they pulled out a taser <laughs> <laughs> and shot the guy, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever." <laughs> See, we, we have we have to be licensed to carry stuff, so you, that's another level. Uh, I I don't know. That's <laughs> that that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that person who I probably could use some more colorful language about. I'm looking for them to lose their head. But <laughs> so I'm not sure if it was because of what happened at that uh, Giants Cowboys game. But uh, if you ever notice now, you'll have some security people that are lined up. Uh, actually, looks like they're watching the game. But what was developed after that happened the, the next year at uh, AT&T, we call it a field intrusion team, fit team. And their job is basically, as the people who are on the sideline looking at the crowd, they're looking at the field across at each other. So if someone does come on the field, they're the ones who go get them. And because prior to that experience, it would have been the people who are already looking at this crowd. So if they went and got them, then you're leaving an open space for more right. people. Huh. So they basically that, and that just start. And now I see like across the NFL, I've seen Indianapolis in there, but if you ever wonder why you're just standing there watching, that's their job. Huh. That's, that's the team I want to get on. 
are those the fastest guys in the in the crew? Usually on the on the FIT team, <laughs> they, they're supposed to be. I, I know that the head of our fit team. Uh, I work concerts with him. He's my supervisor for when I do Live Nation concerts. Uh, a lot of them are are workout buddies, you know, gym buddies. So. Uh, oh, I just thought of something. How about these people who are super gluing themselves to basketball courts? What would you do with those guys? Wow. <laughs> well, Mac. <laughs> get the saw <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah uh, i haven't have heard you, that one. Have oh, you, you haven't been, seen them no i haven't been have you ever been at yeah. a uh like a college thing like a court storming or uh you know where all the kids run the run on the court or run on the field or whatever we did uh when i i worked the cotton bowl games texas OU. uh I've worked a few of the bowl games over there, and that's a that's old stadiums, real easy access to the field. So, uh, and actually, it happened. What was it last? Not last year, but the year before uh, <laughs> the Texas OU game. Uh, OU came back with a uh, you know <laughs> with a uh, Caleb Williams brought him back and. Uh, so basically, it was such an exciting game that the Oklahoma fans stormed the field. Uh, this year, we got a little smarter and uh, went down to the Texas side, even though they were blowing them out, and put these ropes and kind of went right across the, all the top of the, the first row. So all the fans basically, if they tried to go, was getting their rope in their guts. So uh, we learned from that. But uh, <laughs> the one part I... I that I actually was going to start with was my supervisor over there one time, uh, North Texas was in a bowl game. It was one of their first ones. Anyways, <laughs> we let them basically storm. Our supervisor said, you know what? We don't get paid enough. He goes, if they're going to storm it, we're not stopping them. He goes, let them go. <laughs> he goes, don't go around chasing them or grab anybody. So that, to answer, that's more of the answer to your question, that one. So yes, I have been on both sides as one that's ran on the field and one who's you know just stood there watching people run. <laughs> yeah, is that where you can uh, like rip off your uniform and then join the kids running on the field? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess that's where we're going to wrap it up for tonight, Mike. We're going to ask you to join in in our sign-off tradition since you're a member of the Stadium Journey team. Where are you headed? You got any stadium journeys planned over the next two weeks? And um, why don't you let our listeners know where they can follow you online should they like to? All right. Uh, let's see. I'm not sure where I'm going in the next two weeks. Uh, I am going to opening day, Rangers opening day. That's more against the Phillies. Working or as a fan? As a fan, but you know, even as a fan, you still have to kind of keep stuff in your mind. <laughs> So, because I end up, I am going to end up doing that review. So, we're going to say the Ranger game opening day. All right, nice. Re opening day is in March this year, correct? Mar March thirtieth. Yep. Wow, that's soon. Wow, Thursday. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, Dan. Hey, Dan. I might have to mix this up a little bit. You hit the road last week, didn't you? Uh, well, I drove on it. I didn't hit it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to uh, I went to the Wings game with Dave here. Best buddies. Yeah, we're best buddies now. And uh, so after the game, you know, Dave put wanted me to put my money where my mouth is. And yep. 
He's like, you got to take me to a cheesesteak place. So at the last minute, I thought, I got it. Rexy's. Rexy's bar, uh, which used to be the Flyers ball. I, I say used to be because the outside looks the same. And in the inside, everything's gone. It's <laughs> all the murals. Inside looked very classy for a, a, for a sports bar. <laughs> for a sports <laughs> bar. It was really, everything was just painted over. And the, there is a big glass mural that was there for years uh, of the Flyers after their cup run. And it's all gone now. Uh, but allegedly, well, we're going to have to hear from Dave here in a second. Food's still delicious. I uh, went there for the cheesesteaks. Um, and I always said that uh, Rexy's is, they never get mentioned because nobody ever thinks about it as a cheesesteak place. But uh, I reckon still one of my favorites. Uh, Dave would have to vouch. Dave. Oh, is that the throw? The throw to that me? That was your throw. That was <laughs> the throw to me. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was good. It was very good. I will say this. I will point out that um, we had to leave Philadelphia for Philly cheesesteaks. And we went to New Jersey. So I, I don't know. I, I don't Not know if, that, if that's allowed or. It's allowed. a lot of the good places on Jersey, on the Jersey side. Yeah, South Jersey's known for his cheesesteaks. Yeah, mean, like, like Donkeys is in Jersey, right? If it's one thing South Jersey does right, it's the cheesesteaks. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. Uh, yeah, but uh, I get enjoyed, it. I get enjoyed, it. Enjoyed my cheesesteak experience mm. there. So, Mark, <laughs> it's called a goddamn pork roll. There we go. It <laughs> says it on the box. <laughs> You should know your jersey says jersey. <laughs> God so, damn so it. Don't, so don't call it a sweater? Is that what you're saying? No, it's not a sweater. It's a jersey, clearly. <laughs> damn it. All right. Uh, yeah, we're, I we're... will say now, to be fair, real quick, uh, I did explain to, to Dave if we're going to go into the city, we're parking, we're staying, we're walking. Uh, a, my foot was out of commission, and B, Neither one of us was driving into the city. So I was like, I, I know what we can do. I got you covered. And he still beat me there because Dan, <laughs> I forgot what exit to take. So <laughs> yeah, I had another I didn't... lacrosse game to go to. So yeah, he was not screwing around. He he went in, got a booth and I was like, I'm here. <laughs> Poor uh, follow, follow me uh, and being right about pork roll at Dan 83. Mark, uh, you got anything planned for the next couple of weeks? And yeah, let's, it's, uh, let's just follow you. Yeah, it's like a college baseball. I'm going down, going down to Lexington, checking out the Wildcats ballpark. Fairly new. Uh, after that, hopefully, get out to Morehead State because we don't have a we have a review, but it's it's a quite old. Uh, my friend has a cabin out there. I'm finally going to see it. So hopefully, Morehead University of Louisville, their ballpark, Patterson Field, I think it's called. And then Bellarmine Knights, which we do not have a review of. I don't think it's much, but it's a Division One stadium that we need to have on the site. So uh, those all fit into my schedule. And then this Saturday, uh, high school state championships at the Greenbridge Fieldhouse uh, downtown. Kokomo Cats are going for their first championship since, I, I think, 1961. So go Cats. Should be an exciting time down there. Uh, and you can follow all my adventures on YouTube at the Ballpark Hunter. Almost at 2,000 subscriptions. Keep them coming. Like, comment, tell me what you think. You can also check me out on Twitter and Instagram, 
Ballpark Hunter as well. And you can read my wonderful articles at Stadium Journey. So we'll see you there. Send some of those subscribers over to us because the Stadium Journey page only has like 350. Yeah, what type? What type? Of, what type? Jay Wagner was doing a pretty good job promoting that. You had more than me, but it's. Um, I I should get on there I, if I could find a way to get access on my phone. I can get access on it through my computer. If I can upload some shorts, you'll be surprised how much traction I can get. So, shorts. You shorts. Yeah, shorts. YouTube. Shorts. Which and I'm sure if you get shorts, it'll just say short across the back. Yeah. No, no, no. Room. <laughs> yeah. They're better. Yeah, I need no. to get the hat. Yeah. All so right. just say sure. See, look. look, he likes the White Sox. Literally just says White Sox. We're staying in <laughs> the theme here. Yeah. Well, you the know. Team that, the team that doesn't wear White Sox, that team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. We're, well, they did. They, they did from time to time. Especially like it when they went completely not White Sox in the 70s or 80s. It's like, oh, Jesus. They, they went completely. Yeah, they went crazy for several years. Every five years, they changed their anyway, like take, the take it back over quickly, for God's sakes. Yeah, right. red, Carolina blue. All right. Dave, Four what call. you got planned, and where can our listeners follow you? Uh, I'm just apparently going to recover from uh, going to the Wings game with Dan because I don't have anything coming up. So uh, you can follow Jeez. all that nothing uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Profan9. Wait, Dave, I forgot to ask. Did you like how you said I'll meet you in front of Ed and I asked zero questions? <laughs> well, I would sure hope that you I, knew well, you, you, you know, you'd be, su- you'd be surprised if I said Ed that to somebody else. Ed Snyder. Snyder, the yeah, Ed but Seth if I said Snyder that to somebody Snyder. else, they'd be like, what do you mean? I'm like, in front of the God. Come on, man. Fred Ed Snyder. You didn't meet at the Will Chamberlain uh, gate? No, no, we met at Ed. Right next to the box office. <laughs> the new box office. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. For myself, what do I got planned? Let's see. The pride made a, an ing- well. Yeah, you don't have any. You don't have no any Isabel hockey. Cup finals things. No more. No Isabel Cup this year. It was a shame because I get a grandson perfect size for putting in a cup. But anyway, oh. <laughs> so this weekend we're going to hit the road. Going to actually uh, go up to Syracuse, check out one of uh, the legendary lacrosse venues in the country, the Carrier Dome. Nice. It's not called the Carrier Dome anymore. It's called the it's still the carrier down. Uh, I think yeah, it's, the I think it's JMA wireless. Hold on, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm sorry. Oh, Dan's so upset. free. No, I'm not upset. So they have. I'm not always upset. Just when you talk, because you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm right. You're wrong. I'm right. Yeah, I'm, I'm right. You're wrong. Yeah, so once they got air conditioning, they they dropped carrier. They changed the, the name once they had air. Are you kidding me? Nope. Ironic, isn't the it? inventor of the Don't modern AC. Jesus, no! That, that's was that always yes, a corporate name, the Carrier Dome? Yeah, yes, yeah, Carrier. I and they never, never had air conditioning for all those forty years. But you needed okay. to, to. I told you he was always wrong. See, I never put two and two together. Sponsored okay. by an air conditioning company with no air conditioning in the facility. Once and they then, got the AC installed, new sponsor. They probably couldn't afford the the, the naming rights. Actually, well, anyway, I, I'm excited to go uh, check out a Syracuse lacrosse game there. And then that yeah, night we're going to go see the Syracuse Crunch, and on the Ooh. way home, on the way home, weather permitting, it's supposed to rain, so this might not happen. We're going to stop in and update Stadium Journey's uh, University of Albany baseball review. Oh. I bet, yeah. No Syracuse Mets. They're not playing yet. No, Triple uh, A is not starting till uh, early April. <laughs> then the rest of the minors start mid-April. It's weird. They all have staggered starts now. 
Yeah, then they go out to like late September now. I gotta get used yeah. to that. Yeah, it's all different now. Yeah, it used to be very clean. Beginning of April to Labor Day. Boom. Um, you can follow my adventures on Twitter and Instagram at PuckmanRI. And remember, you can find all of our 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and other feature, sto- feature stories on our website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on all of our social media channels at Stadium Journey. And you can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcast. Video simulcasts of the Stadium Journey podcast can be found on our YouTube page. And be part of our live studio audience every other Tuesday night, 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. We will all get together in two weeks. That will make it April 5th, I believe, if I'm reading my calendar correctly. And we will be discussing a topic to be named later. So stay tuned. April 4th? Ah, that was a good guess. (laughs) You know the knuckle trick? 31 days, 8 January, February, March, April. I did it wrong. Um... So that's uh, two weeks, April 4th. As always, thanks everyone for your support. Michael, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul wishing you all safe stadium travels and close games. Hope to see you on the road again real soon. Be safe out there.